Hi, my name is Steve Gordon, and I'm sitting here with my good friend, John Curry. And John, for those of you who don't know, is in the financial services business, and he works primarily with members of the Florida Retirement System. John, welcome. Steve, good to see you again. So I, I think maybe to set the stage for this, we first of all, just to, to let everybody have some context, I'm sitting here, I have a handout in front of me that you use in your presentations. Um, and on the top of the handout, it, it says the seven mistakes most members of the Florida Retirement System make when preparing for their retirement and how to avoid them. And I think that's a, an, it's an important topic. And I guess where I'd like to start, so folks have a little sense of who you are and, and why you do this, explain why you're so passionate about working with members of the Florida Retirement System. Well, Steve, it's real easy. <clears throat> I grew up in a state employee family. And I get frustrated when I hear people talking negatively about state employees, whether that be state employees, people in the university system, school teachers. But I grew up over in West Florida, a little town called Westville. My father and my grandfather both worked for the Department of Transportation out of Defuniac Springs. So every day they would get up and go to work. They'd work on the bridge crew building bridges. But yet... People would say, state employees, yeah, they're lazy, they don't work hard. Hell, we even had a governor one time who called them lard bricks. They're not lard bricks. They're people who go to work every day providing a service that we, the citizens of the state of Florida, take for granted. But my father and grandfather got bad advice. My grandfather retired and took option one with the pension, thinking he'd live a long time. He lived less than five years in retirement. So when he died, he took option one. When he died, my grandmother got nothing. His pension died with him. My father, seeing that, said, I'm not going to make the same mistake. He took option three. Option three is designed to pay the same income to the couple, no matter who dies first. Now, when both die, it's gone. So my father retired at age 62. He lived to be 85, 85 and a half to be exact, almost to the day. So for those 23 years, he got less money than he could have gotten had he taken option one or two. But he wanted the peace of mind of knowing that my mother would get the same paycheck, retirement check, for the rest of her life. And she is. So I have a passion for making sure that clients who are members of the Florida Retirement System understand what they have available with their four options under the pension, what they have available with deferred comp, drop programs, but more importantly, Steve, what do you do at the end of the game? you got all this money you saved, hopefully. How do you get it out? That's why I'm passionate about it, because I grew up in a state employee family. Well, obviously an important topic, John, and uh, for those who are, are listening, we're going to go through an overview of what John calls the, the seven mistakes that most members of the Florida Retirement System make when they're preparing for their retirement and how to avoid them. And, and in this overview, obviously, we can't cover everything. John has more information uh, that you can get, and it's available on his website at johnhcurry.com forward slash info kit. And you can go there and, and get it, or you can call his office, and he can and you can, you can make an appointment to go see him, and you can call him at 850-562-3000. So, John, let's dive into these seven mistakes and starting with the first one, which you have, um, you call it underestimating life expectancy. What do you mean by that? Well, let's think about a 
quote, state employee who works 30 years to get their defined benefit pension plan. In all likelihood, that employee, now retiree, or the spouse, or both, could live longer in retirement than when they worked. And so I like to challenge people and ask them this question. You're retiring at 65, 66. How long do you think you're going to live? And they almost always have it wrong, based on actuarial tables. Now, we don't know for sure how long we're going to live. That's up to God. Okay, We don't know for sure. However, what we do know is this. A 62-year-old male and female the odds are that one of them, at least one of them, would be alive 30 years down the road. That's age 92. So I like to challenge people and say, are you underestimating your life expectancy? What if you live longer in retirement than you actually worked? Because, see, if you live a long life, longevity, now we multiply or amplify at least the problems of taxation, inflation, stock market losses. Because if you're going to live one year, and you die, you don't care about taxes, do you? You don't really care about stock market losses or gains because it doesn't matter anymore. So the longer you live, it puts pressure on your money because of some of the other things we'll cover in a few minutes. It's interesting, John. Now, you made the point that if, you, if you're only going to live a year, you won't worry too much about taxes. But most people are going to live longer than the next year whenever they hear this. And the second real problem that folks run into is paying too much in taxes. How does that affect people? Let's go back to longevity for a minute. I have a lot of clients in their 90s. My oldest client is 100. And I tell the story about Kirk Douglas and I have the same birthday, December 9th. He's 101. I'm 65. So I look at people like him. George Burns worked at age 100. Betty White's 95 now. So what if you live a long time? What do you want to do with that time? Now, let's go to taxes. Every dollar I save in taxes is money I can either spend or I can save it for myself for the future. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. If I pay $1,000 in tax that I could have kept, just imagine saving an extra $1,000 for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Apply whatever rate of return you want. Maybe you're the kind of person you put it in the, maybe you put it in a shoebox. Maybe you put it in your gun safe. Maybe you put it in the bank or credit union. Maybe you're very aggressive with stocks and bonds, mutual funds. It doesn't matter where you put it. But when you pay the tax, you lost money. Uncle Sam took the money in the form of taxation, and you have no rate of return. No rate of return. You lost money. So my view is if we can save you $1 in tax, that's a found dollar. And occasionally, Steve, somebody would say to me, well, it's only 100 bucks, no big deal. I said, well, let's, let's test that. If you drop a $10 bill in my parking lot, would you stop and pick it up or just keep walking? And they always say, what? I'd pick it up. Stop and pick it up, right. <laughs> so I say, if I can save you even a $10 in income tax, that's money you can enjoy today or choose to save it for the future. And most people truly are paying too much in tax because they're not thinking it through. They also think that they're saving taxes when they defer money in their deferred compensation, IRAs, 401ks, 403bs. You're not saving any tax. You're simply pushing that tax forward, deferring it until the day you take it out. With the hope, I guess, that you'll pay a lower tax rate when you take it out than you might pay today. Correct. And speaking of today, as we're sitting here in mid-January 2018, we have a new tax code. 
new tax law. Still have the seven tax brackets, but we went from a high of 39.6 down to 37. But most people who hear this are not going to save much in tax. Because when the government gives you a tax break, they take away other things. So I tell people, be very careful because you're probably not as in a high a tax bracket as you think. And my clients, 42 plus years of doing this, 43rd year now, I'm not seeing a lot of people retire in a lower tax bracket. Why? They've got to take money out of their pension if they have one. Most don't. Even members of the Florida retirement system are given a choice, pension or the investment plan. But if you do have your pension and you have Social Security and you have money in retirement accounts such as deferred comp, drop, IRAs, you're forced to take money out when you're 70 and a half. So many people will see, Steve, that they drop tax rate-wise for a few years, but then they're forced to take money out of retirement accounts and it pushes them back in the same bracket or higher. So that's why tax planning is so important. And I'm not a CPA, let's get clear. I'm not a CPA, nor am I a tax attorney. My job is to look at the big picture and help my clients be aware of these issues, threats, problems, mistakes, whatever you want to call them. John, let's talk a little bit about this third mistake, inflation. And and you say, the way you word it is not planning on the impact of inflation. You call it the silent thief. It's silent, Steve, because when you get your taxes taken out of your paycheck, that's loud, isn't it? Loud and obnoxious. You say, dadgummit, they took out 25% of my money. Inflation doesn't do that. Right now, inflation is fairly low, so we're told. For people getting Social Security, this year they got a 2% cost of living adjustment. Last year was a whopping 0.30, three-tenths of 1%. In 2016, they got zero increase. So it depends on how you measure inflation. If you're the one paying money out, you're going to measure inflation as low as possible, aren't you? You might even change how that basket of goods looks to make up the consumer price index. So we tell people be very careful about inflation. We have to assume that there's some cost of living adjustment going forward. Because if you tell me do everything as if I were making $70,000 a year, and I project you 30 years into the future, you'll have to have more than $70,000 just to keep pace. But most people I talk with don't think about it. So we sit down, we'll model that. We'll say, here's what you have today. Assuming no inflation, you're fine. But let's put in a factor of one, two, three, four, five percent inflation. And people my age, 65, can think back and remember the days of inflation at 13, 14, 15%. What happens to your money then? So inflation is very important. And it's the silent thief because it sneaks up on you. You don't feel it immediately when you retire. Most people will not feel inflation until six, seven, eight, maybe even nine or 10 years after retirement. And the phrase goes like this. You know, John, we don't spend our money frivolously. But all of a sudden, our money's not going as far as it used to go. What's going on? And it's usually taxation because they're paid more tax than they thought. And that silent thief, the silent tax, if you will, inflation is taking money away. Well, it seems so innocuous, 1% or 2% a year. doesn't sound like much. doesn't sound like much. But as you just said earlier, most people who are age 62, I think you said, are likely to live one of the two in in a marriage are likely to live 
30 more years. Or longer. So if you planned on, let's say, $100,000 a year, 1% of that every year is an extra $1,000 you need. You need to now be planning on 30 years out, hundred and maybe 30000 by, by my rudimentary math. Correct. Well, we don't rely on rudimentary math. We use a model where we can plug the numbers in and we can play what if. I call it my retirement rehearsal. I'll project you into the future. We'll assume different tax rates, rates of return, inflation. So you can see it. And some people feel it. They'll say, oh, my God, I can't handle that. I, would, I, I, I can't live with that. Well, and I, I've seen you do that. And you're able to manipulate those numbers and see different scenarios, which I think is the educational value in that alone is tremendous because now as someone who is facing retirement, I can see, I can test all of my assumptions now. Without having to live through the, the pain of consequences if, I, if maybe they aren't going to work out. I can see what that looks like, and I can make rational decisions now while I still have time. Absolutely. I call that stress testing your plan. I have people who come to me and pay me a fee. They say, look, I can't work with you. I have a brother-in-law who does what you do. He does financial planning, investments, insurance work. I, I can't work with you. I'll be divorced if I do. But I would like to pay you a fee. And you sit with me and go through my stuff. Just did it this week. So charge a guy a fee, went through, and we tested everything. And I even called his brother and said, look, these are the things that we see that I think you might want to work on. So they're going to get it fixed. That's powerful. So, John, let's move on to mistake number four, relying on government and employer retirement plans. And this is, I think, probably particularly important for members of the Florida retirement system. It is, because what the government can give you, they can take away. So they make changes in the plan. Legislature would like to make even more changes than they did in 2011. So what I mean here, Steve, is some people will go to work today, and they will be told you have a guaranteed, defined benefit pension plan retirement's taken care of. And they totally ignore their retirement plan until a year or two or six months before they retire. And now they discover that the retirement benefit is not enough to allow them to live the lifestyle they want to live. So I tell people, please don't just rely on what you think you're going to get. Let's do some projections with your pension with the state. Let's look at projections with Social Security and whatever you've done on your own, whether it be deferred comp, an IRA, drop if you choose to go in the drop. Whatever you have available, let's look at the big picture. But too many people are relying just on what the government or their employer will provide them. Because it's not unusual to see someone in the Florida retirement system and they're married to someone who's a business owner, a professional person, and they don't coordinate their plans. See it all the time. I would imagine that uh, for folks who have, I mean, most people in general society don't have a pension anymore. But for those who do, it can be very easy to sort of be blinded by the security of that and, and not want to look deeper. Well, it's a fact. I see it every day. It, let me tell you where people get in trouble. The biggest thing is something they don't even think about. It's life insurance. So I have life insurance with my employers. Then when I retire, I lose it. And they're blindsided. And now they're 65, 67, like a gentleman uh, Tuesday who says, can you please get me life insurance? I can't get him life insurance. He has health issues. He's lost his coverage. He canceled it because he retired. 
So it's little things like that. So that's a benefit that the government provided or a corporation, if we're talking about a corporate employee, and all of a sudden they lose it because they didn't do any personal planning along the way. John, let's talk about healthcare for a moment. Mistake number five is not preparing for healthcare expenses and long-term care. And that's a hot topic these days in, in this country. Um, and, and we're seeing costs go up and up and up right now. Um, how is, is planning for healthcare and long-term care impacting you, your clients? Well, I see people, Steve, who I'm thinking of a couple right now. They both retired from the Florida retirement system. Her entire paycheck is basically covering their health care. Her entire retirement check is gone because of health insurance premiums. And they spend this money. So when you retire, now your cost for health care goes up because of health insurance premiums. Or now Medicare becomes your primary coverage. So we're seeing two things happen. Number one, I'm worried about my health insurance premiums, which are high. And we'll find people, because they want to retire before 65, they don't have Medicare yet. Medicare doesn't kick in until you're 65. I'm thinking of a lady right now. So between 62 and 65, we've developed a plan to pay for her health insurance premiums. Frankly, we're taking money out of an IRA account to pay the premiums. So we'll do that for three years. Then hopefully the cost will go down. But long-term care is a tougher one because a lot of insurance companies have gotten out of the long-term care insurance business. So now imagine you've accumulated half a million dollars in your retirement account, your drop, your IRA, deferred comp, whatever you're using. And you're thinking you'll use that for retirement. And now either you or your spouse needs long-term care, either in home or in a nursing home. You can see that money dwindle away. That's what I mean by mistake. It's not planning or at least thinking it through. And and let me be clear. Everyone does not need to buy long-term care insurance, but there needs to be a plan to cover long-term care expenses. Because if we live long enough, we will need care. Well, I think that's an important point. I mean, obviously, you're in the business of, of selling different financial products, insurance being one of them. Sure. And somebody listening to this may think, well, he's just going to try and sell me long-term care insurance. But that's really not your approach. Your approach is to look at someone's financial situation holistically and account for all of these things, whether that's with a, you know, one of the tools in your, your tool belt, a financial product, or some other way. And because you get to do these day in and day out, you see thousands and thousands of plans. You've been doing this 35 plus years, you've seen more plans than, than any of us probably will see unless we're in your business. And most of us only work on the one plan that we get to do, and that's ours. I tell people every day, I have an advantage over you. I started September 13th, 1975. So I'm in my 43rd year. I have seen thousands of plans. I see more plans in one day than you see. I see four, five, six people per day, either face-to-face or on the phone. So I've seen thousands of plans. But here's the key. I'm to the point in my career, I charge a fee for the planning. So you can come sit with me. You pay a fee for the planning. You get my best thoughts on your, your plan. Hopefully some wisdom in there, but certainly some expertise and some skill. There's zero pressure to buy anything. 
See, I have no pressure to sell you a product, Steve. You have no pressure to buy anything. I do not like pressure. Most people don't. So I make sure we position ourselves in a manner that we help you by providing advice. The products will be apparent if we do the planning properly. Whether it be life insurance, long-term care, mutual funds, managed money, an annuity, whatever is needed will become apparent. And then we can debate the pros and cons of each financial product. And we'll talk about that when we get down to number seven. So, John, let's move on to mistake number six, not saving enough money on a personal basis. What do you mean by that? Well, do you want the real direct answer? Yes. Most people spend too much money. A large part of my working life I did too, trying to keep up with the Joneses or buy a new car, buy a bigger house, whatever. So I tell people, you know, do what you want is your money. But there is a day of reckoning. And we try to teach people to save. We don't try. We teach. They may not follow up. On the way over to see you today, I returned a phone call. client said the following. I'll quote him. Over the years, you gave me good advice. Over the years, I neglected that advice. I've now run out of money. I'm in trouble. Can you help me? So over the phone, I helped as best I could based on what I knew. We're meeting next week, Tuesday, I think it will be. And I'll do my best to help him. I can't make anyone, can't make anyone take my advice. All I can do is offer it with purity of intent. And you either do it or you don't. So I try to get people to understand the importance of saving at least 15%. I have formed a habit that in addition to my life insurance premiums and 401k, I make myself save 15% of every dollar that comes in my hands. Minimum. And it makes a big difference because if you have cash available for emergencies, you don't worry about the stock market, you don't worry about losing your job, the peace of mind is unbelievable. And for those who are listening to this, I can't even think about saving 15%. Okay, save 1%. We'll help you put up, put together a plan to do that. So we focus on saving money on a personal basis, not relying just on your employer or a 401k or anything like that. I think it's important. More and more we're finding as, as we see large numbers of people retire. Uh, we're, we're seeing now, I think, the importance of doing that. And, and I love your approach. You'll take people wherever they are. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you got a million dollars or a thousand dollars. I look for it. Here's what I look for. Let's be real direct here. I want to work with people who are coachable. If you're listening to this and you pride yourself on being difficult, being a pain in the butt, I'm not the right advisor. I'm not the right advisor because I'll call you on it. Because I see, I'm to the point, I could have already retired, Steve. I'm doing what I do because I love what I do. Now, the day I get tired of it, I'll take my pension, my Social Security, my 401k, my qualified deferred comp account, and say goodbye. But as long as there are people who are nice and I like working with them, I'll keep on doing it. Hopefully, like George Burns, I'm 100 years old. <laughs> they'll be canceling appointments when you go. That's right. Because they'll be mad because I scheduled a seminar and I died and couldn't do the presentation. The magic of video recording will we'll have you there. 
So let's talk about number seven. And this is the last of, of the mistakes that uh, that you talk about. And this one is is focusing on financial products instead of strategic planning. Yes. And I think this is an important one because I, I know from my own experience, it's easy to get trapped in this idea of, well, if I just have this, you know, investment or this retirement account or this type of insurance, I'm covered. But you take a very holistic approach, and I'd love for you to describe that. Well, strategic planning is the key phrase. Instead of just walking in and saying, John, I want to buy a long-term care policy or a life insurance policy, or debating which is better, whole life insurance or term insurance, I say, well, how do you know that? How do you know what you want? Why don't we start with the planning first? Maybe we need no insurance, like long-term care. I tell people, you don't need to buy long-term care at all. If you have Social Security and you have a pension plan, you have a retirement plan, that may be enough to take care of you for long-term care. Because if you're in a full-term, if you will, nursing home, where are you going to spend your money? So we could use those resources to take care of you. But let's do the planning first. Let's determine what your lifestyle will look like after retirement. I'm reminded of a gentleman when I had my lake house on Lake Talcum. Two guys, either side of me. One guy, his idea of retirement was sitting on his back deck in his rocking chair, smoking his pipe all day. He would drive to Tallahassee once a month to buy groceries. The rest of the time he was home, either on that back deck or fishing. Other guy, he and his wife, they would take a cruise every month, literally every month. They were on standby. Their travel agent could call them the day before, say, if you can be at Cape Canaveral, Port Canaveral, I guess it's called, at this time, you can get on this ship. And they were gone all the time. So what what does retirement look like for you? What does it look like? What's your lifestyle? So start with the planning, and then we'll back into the products. But every, every week, somebody will come to me and say, I want to buy XYZ product. And my answer is, okay, why? Let us sell you the product. I get paid a commission. I'm going to make money. But how do you know it's the right product for you? And they're dumbfounded. They're like, well, do you have a problem selling that? Hell no. I love making money. Don't you? Absolutely. And they go, yes. So, But let's back into it. Let's do the planning first, and then let's make sure the product gives you what you want. And if it doesn't, let's don't do that. And I've had people over the years, again, 42-plus years, they will come in adamant about buying a product, and my style is simple. Are you sure? May I show you why this is not appropriate? One guy in particular that I know in my Rotary Club, he said, no, I want this product. If you don't do it for me, I'm going somewhere else. I said, okay, I'll do it for you. Thirteen months later, he's back. He says, you know what? You were right. This was terrible. What do you want to do? Let's redo it. So we did it but that's, that's what I mean by focusing on financial product. And there's all kind of people. You can't turn the TV on without hearing somebody say that they either love annuities or hate annuities or term insurance is better than whole life or Mickey Mouse life. You know what? They're all good. It depends on how you use them. They're nothing more than tools in a toolbox. That's all they are. Just make sure you plan first and then pick the product that will get you where you want to go. Or this working with me or one of my teammates or somebody else. It's powerful stuff, John. So on that subject of planning, 
if somebody's listening to this and thinks, okay, you know, I'm, you know, wherever I am in my journey, um, and I need to take care of these issues, and and maybe I haven't, or I'm not happy, or feel like I'm getting, you know, the the right advice where I am, and they want to learn a little bit more about you and, and what you do. Uh, we've already talked about your your info kit, which folks can get at johnhcurry.com forward slash info kit. But how else can they come in and, and get all this planning that you're talking about? How can they engage with you? I keep it simple, Steve. I like to start with a telephone appointment. If we just schedule a 20 to 25 minute telephone appointment, get to know each other, we'll know at the end of that 20 or 25 minutes if we're fit. If we are, let's meet. If we're not, it's okay. And I'm going to tell you how high pressure I am. Are you ready for this? You're sitting across from me, this microphone. Can you handle this? Yes. Steve, would you like to meet? Sure. It's that simple. It's very low key. Because if you don't want to meet, I don't want to meet you. If you're ready, I'm ready to help. But I don't want to be high pressure. I don't want you to feel pressure. So I would say we start with a telephone appointment. If you know you're ready, if you've listened to CDs I've done or my book or DVDs or been to one of my seminars and you're ready, just call the office. Say, I'd like to come meet with John. No cost or obligation for the first meeting. And we'll determine whether or not we're fit. And let's say somebody decides, hey, we are a fit, and they decide to go through the planning process with you, and you come up with the plan. What can they do then? Well, it's real simple. I tell people there's only four things you can do. Once we do the plan, so let's say we engage, and you say, John, yes, we want your knowledge, your expertise, and your team. And we engage, we do a planning agreement, you write a check for whatever the fee is, depending upon the complexity of your case. We get it all done. There's only four things you can do, Steve. You can, number one, totally ignore it. Do nothing. You can shred it. Number two, you can take the summary that we give you and go do it all by yourself. Number three, take it to a competitor, another advisor, have them do it. Or you can say, okay, I need help with certain financial products. I'd like John Curry and Team Curry to help me. And so we'll help you. So if somebody has complete freedom, they can do whatever they want. There's no pressure at the end necessarily to work with you. I'm sure many will want to, but there's no obligation or pressure. No, and I'm not going to let there be pressure or obligation because I am not going to take on a client relationship unless we're a good fit. Why in the world would I do that? Why would I take on a relationship that's doomed to fail? Not happening. Never again. We don't do that. John, this has been enlightening. It's been refreshing. Um, and thank you for sharing all that you have. This has been really valuable information. Again, for folks who are listening to this, and if you're thinking, you know, I want to dip my toe in the water and just learn a little bit more from John, you can do that in a really easy, no-risk way. You can go to johnhcurry.com forward slash info kit, and he'll send you his book and a um, and an assessment where you can actually go and, and sort of score your plan yourself in the privacy of your own home. And, uh, and he'll also send you some, some recordings and things so you can learn a little bit more and, and you may decide that he's your guy and you may decide he's not. Either way, it's okay. Uh, but at least you'll be educated. You'll make an informed and educated decision. Again, that's at johnhcurry.com forward slash info kit. Or you can call his office if you prefer to do that at 
3000. That's 562-3000. John, any final words? No, just thank you for taking the time to have the conversation, Steve. Been a pleasure. I've learned a lot. Thank you. Enjoy it. If you would like to know more about John Curry services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry. Chartered Life Underwriter, Charter Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities, products, and services and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances, not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System. The Living Balance Sheet and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Copyright 2005 through 2018. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own.